This is my second recording today, Rob. I mean, I've you know, I'm I'm about to head out of town on a very fancy airline, and as a result, I got to get a few things, you know, got to get my ducks in a row, get ready to leave town, you know, all that stuff. Well, you you are you are professional podcasters today. <laughs> I am, I am. <laughs> I, I had a little I had a little uh, thing going with Federico there for a while. You know, we were doing an episode of App Stories, and then I went out and I went to my favorite taco joint, got myself a steak torta. And brought it back to the house, had a little lunch, and here I am for round two. Nice, yeah. It's um, yeah. I mean, we were talking before we were recording, but yeah, it's um, it's fire. Well, it was fireworks night last night, um, but there's this big display that happens every year in Portsmouth, and it just caused the traffic to be terrible. So I had to walk home, and it's been a whole thing today. So it's nice to just sit down and. <laughs> <laughs> just do nothing and just talk it's, to somebody. <laughs> fireworks on a Tuesday night. This it's a little intriguing to me. So, all right, Guy Fox Day, right? Is that what's going on? It is. Can I just start? It, yeah, fireworks or Guy Fox Night was yesterday. It's actually okay. Wednesday today. So, but yeah, Guy Fox Night was yesterday. Um, but this thing always happens on a Wednesday. So it's oh, today. Oh, I see. Oh, it's today. Right, 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 right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I saw something online about it. And, you know, of course, I've seen Vias from Vendetta. And so I know all of my British history from from movies like that. And yeah, that's that's interesting. You had a you had to walk a really long way, you told me. Yeah, it's like, like I said, maybe like 45, 50 minutes. Um, just because... You know, the buses were all really late because of the traffic, and, and of course because of the traffic, I'm not really can't really get an Uber, so I was yeah, I'll just walk it. You know, it's fine; it's not too bad. Right. Um, thankfully, it wasn't raining, but you know, it, it is what it is. It's it's once a year. There's not a lot you can do about it. Oh my, that's well, yeah. It's it's weird for it to be in the middle of the week like that, I suppose. Which I don't know. I mean, I think they'd have a little more consideration for the working person in the. In the Portsmouth community, but I, you know, I, you should have been out reveling instead of walking home to your, to your house. I absolutely, I have no interest in standing in a field watching fireworks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, so, so um, I mean, it's, it's interesting you say like, why is it midweek? Honestly, I don't know. It's been midweek <laughs> my entire life. Like yeah. as long as I can remember. I remember the first one I can think of as maybe like 25 years ago that I remember. It's always been midweek. So, oh. who knows? I'm sure there's a historical reason for it, but you know, I don't think you're going to find out at this point. Yeah. Well, all right. I'll I'll just go with it. I mean, I, I'm sure it's a plot by Tesco. You know, I haven't mentioned Tesco on this show for a long time, and I I have been thinking about Tesco, notwithstanding the fact that we haven't talked about it in a long time. I just want to check in with you. How much does it cost these days for a bag at Tesco? Is it still five p? Oh no, no. In fact, no, it's good you asked it. You you've asked a good question. <laughs> I could feel it. I could feel it, Rob. From across the Atlantic Ocean, I could feel that there was a disturbance in the Tesco force. Yeah, so you know, if people don't remember or you don't remember, like this was a thing where it was like, right, if you're a big shop like a supermarket, you have to charge five P for a plastic bag and that money will go to charity. Right. You know, which seems good, you know, it'll go to Ocean charities, you know, things cleaning up the, the oceans and beaches and stuff like that. All seemed, you know, seemed pretty good. And at some point, all the supermarkets realized, well, hang on a minute. If we charge 10p for slightly better bags, that doesn't fall, fall foul of the law. So they don't have to give that money to charity and they can make more money. So th- there's no 5p bags anymore. They're all like, oh no. Eight, they're all like 8, 9, 10p. Oh no. Um, and, 
and this they, is course, terrible. They sell it. They, this is right. terrible. They sell though. it, and they they they, t- they sell it as though they go, oh, you know, we're we're doing our bit because if they're more expensive, people will buy less. But the bit they don't say is, well, of course, the law doesn't say they have to give that money to charity now. So right, right. So yeah, we're, we're, sc- not we're screwing over the the the, uh, the charities lining our pockets and making life more terrible for all the people who shop at our shops. Uh, right, exactly. All right, you know, well, but at least at least somebody will get a few few more pennies of profit. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's really depressing, Rob. I'm sorry that. I yeah, it's kind of sad. <laughs> so, I am traveling to California, and I am taking probably one of the worst airlines in America. It's called Spirit, and I don't mind dragging these guys to the mud. I try not to take them too often, but if you want to save some money, it's one of the better ways to do it because they tend to go at weird hours through secondary cities. And it can take a long time to get there, but it's cheap. So I'm only going for like four days. I don't really need a bag. All I need is my backpack. And that means I don't have to pay for baggage or anything. But you get on one of these planes, and it's like having a folding chair inside of a plane. And, you know, it's not a short flight from Chicago to California, especially when you go through Texas like I have to do. So I don't know. I'm getting up at 4 a.m. tomorrow and getting ready and going out to the airport I do. The, the, I mean, I guess the one silver lining is I get to uh, land in Oakland, which is very close to Berkeley, which is where my son is going to school. So that's I'm going out to visit him. I'm actually, you know, the reality is I'm going out to visit Listener Debbie, because Listener of Debbie, course. my my, my <laughs> sister-in-law. If, if you're a if you're a diehard listener like 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 Debbie, it's there's a chance I might just show up in your hometown someday, and knock on your door and say, "Can I sleep here?" Because I will be staying with listener Debbie and staying there for, you know, a few nights and then flying back on a red eye back to Chicago next week, which it's going to be, you know, it's one of those things I, I'm doing it because I can, because I work from home and it's no longer the busy season at Max Stories. So I'm taking a little time off, going to go visit some people, say hi to my son Owen and see my brother and do a bunch of other things out in California, including this, you, you would love this event, Rob. There is a Day of the Devs event in San Francisco the, okay. su- the Sunday before I come back. Day of the Devs is, is an indie game showcase at like Oh, a, okay. And it's really cool. It's done by Oh, I should I should have I should have prepared for the show. It's done by Tim Schaefer, who, you know, his game company just recently got bought by Microsoft, I believe. You know, he's done a bunch of incredible games in the past. And they throw this they throw this Day of the Devs thing both at GDC in the spring, but also in the fall in San Francisco. And they've probably got thirty or forty different independent game studios showing off games. The only rule to get in, I think, is that your game can't be released yet. So this is all new stuff that's coming down the pipeline. And I'm really looking forward to it because I haven't, you know, as much as I enjoy games, I haven't gotten to write about them as much as I would like to, and I'm looking forward to seeing kind of what's coming down the pipeline and hoping to get back to spending more time writing about it on Mac Stories. Yeah, that sounds very, very cool, and actually leads us nicely into, I guess, our first... Do we have topics here? It sounds very professional. <laughs> we do, we do. We have, a, we have a rough list of like four or five items. Yeah, so this was the... 
because this was launching, I think, just after we recorded two weeks ago. Um, it was. And like, we were maybe going to talk about it, and we said, you know what, let's just, we'll save it, because you, otherwise you would maybe not have to say certain things. Um, but this is Game Club, and this is this has been coming for a while now, I think. You know, they've been kind of promoting it and getting people to sign up. Um, and I get, I guess the best way to describe it, I mean, it's just, it's like Apple Arcade, but run by somebody else. I mean, that's that's basically the, the crux of it here, right? Yeah, and at least at the moment, it's focused on uh, classic iOS games. So these are games that got abandoned for one reason or another along the road, whether it was the transition from 32-bit games to 64, or I don't know, any any number of reasons why the developer no longer maintained the game. And what Game Club's been doing is taking those games and updating them for the latest hardware and APIs so that they actually run on current iOS devices and re-releasing them. And what's really cool about it is that they're using the same app SKUs. So these are the same Apple IDs underlying these games. They're not like somehow taking the code and re-releasing them as a new game. They're the actual game that was there, you know, a decade ago even. And what that means is that even if you don't subscribe to Game Club, which is $5 a month, if you bought that game sometime in the past, it's now back and you can re-download it and it doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to subscribe. You don't have to pay anything. You can just play that game again. And so there are a lot of really big name games that were kind of pivotal to the whole evolution of iOS gaming. Things like Super Crate Box by Vlambeer. Vlambeer is, you know, really well known for things like Nuclear Throne and all kinds of other games that are just, you know, Ridiculous Fishing, all those games. So Super Crate Box is back. Uh, Mini Gore is back. Uh, Hook Champ is back. RPG Pocket is back. There's a lot of really cool games. And the reason there are so many cool games is that the guy who is in charge of figuring out what games they're going to release is Eli Hodap. And he was the editor-in-chief at Touch Arcade for a decade. And he left to become the business development guy for Game Club because he really believes strongly in preserving you know, uh, gaming history and having these games available for a new generation of gamers. And he's been working with the team there to bring all these games back. And it's amazing. They launched with roughly 75 games, and they're putting out new ones every single week. I think they've said that at some point they're going to branch into original games, new games, that sort of thing. I mean, it's it's an interesting model that I think you I could see someone like Devolver Digital doing down the road, other publishers, because you can, the way it works is you subscribe to Game Club and you can then get any of their apps that they've released, any of these 75 games. There is a Game Club app. There's also the UI of that app is 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 something you can get at from any of the games too through the settings part of the app. But the the app itself is a little bit like an app store within an app store, which is really kind of amazing that Apple was okay with this. Um, if you look at it really carefully under the hood, they're not doing anything that's not allowed under the app store rules. It's just a really clever implementation of what already exists and is allowable. And so, you know, you subscribe 
and you have access to 75 classic games and it's i've really enjoyed playing with it i you know back at gdc back in march that it was brand it had just been announced like a couple of weeks before and i sat down with eli and talked to him about it and he was really excited about it and it sounded really cool and i wasn't sure whether they were going to actually be able to make it happen but over the summer they you know they had all these games in in test flight and we're beta testing them and it's just turned out to work out really, really well. And I, I really hope it succeeds because I think it's, it's people who really care about the games and the game developers. The game developers are involved. It works, I guess, because of scale where, you know, you look at these games from a certain era, like maybe they're games from 2007 through 2012 and they were made with a certain version of the Unreal Engine or some other technology. And... They have problems now. They don't run on current hardware, but the problems across all the games are common. So once you solve it for one game, you can solve it for any game. And by being able to do it that way, they can find a way to offer these as part of a subscription where Game Club makes some money and the developers make money, which they weren't making because they had let the let the game fall off the store. So hopefully, it's a, hopefully it works out because it seems like a really great way to kind of move historic games forward yeah i mean to what you just said i mean one of the things is what struck me about this is that this is even allowed you know just be yes not because there's anything wrong you know downloading games that's fine but like you know certainly looking at the screenshots here it's like well this is like a replica of the app store like i i assume that he at least had some conversations with apple you know before they kind of pushed forward through this i can't but I can't believe that you would put this much work in and just hope that it got approved. Yeah, my, um, my sense from what I've heard is that Apple was, they were smart about it and they got out in front of that and talked to Apple every step of the way. And I think there was a lot of concern as I, I think probably the biggest risk to this whole business was probably that right there. And it's interesting to me that, you know, the Game Club game, it's the Game Club app itself is a standalone app that kind of serves as a directory to all the other games. But you can also get to that same UI in any particular game, which to me smells like what they were doing was hedging against the risk that Apple would tell them, your app is a secondary app store, we're yanking it. And that way they had the that UI also in the individual games, which would be harder for Apple to say to get rid of. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, this you know, this looks really cool. It's nice to sort of, like, as you say, like get these old games back that otherwise are sort of you know they're going to be sort of lost to history because unlike other right. stuff, like it's not necessary. You know, there's not really a repository to sort of go and access an old, um, you know, an old IPA of a specific game necessarily. And you know, emulation is not ideal. Like, really, you need the physical hardware. Um, Right. So unless you're going, unless you're going to keep around like one of every iPhone, um, you know, forever and always, and make sure that you can still download this stuff, it's, um, you know, and I'm, I'm sort of a big supporter of like having access to all this stuff because, as you say, otherwise this stuff just sort of dies. You know, they, you just never see this game again. You just can't play it again. Right. And you know, look, there's a lot of gaming history tied up in this because when the iPhone came out with its new input controls with you know the gyroscope and touch and all those things that was kind of revolutionary for gaming it was there was a lot of experimentation going on in the early days a lot of games that really were 
innovative for their for their era and they're gone except for now game club is bringing them back and so you're right i mean even if you have the ipa you can't necessarily run it because it doesn't it won't run on the current version of ios and there's no there's no real good way to emulate that and unless you have a version of each iphone with a version of each major os release available to you there's no way to play those old games except that now game club is bringing them back and i think it's fantastic a lot of these games are super fun and i expect that they will continue to bring out they've said they're going to bring out new ones every single week and so far they have and i'm looking forward to seeing how it goes i mean i'm i'm definitely subscribing and you know i think it makes a great compliment to apple arcade because for between apple arcade and this for only $10 a month, you have hundreds now of games, both classic and new, that are a lot of fun. So it's it's definitely something worth checking out. Yeah, definitely. I'll, um, I'll, I'll put this on the list with Apple Arcade for me to check out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, we totally didn't do this at the beginning of the show. This is not how follow-up works. But oh no! Uh, at the end of the last episode, you mentioned you mentioned Paul Rudd and Hot Ones. And I, I kind of knew what this was. Like, I, I knew sort of the concept of the, the show. Um, but I'd never watched any of them. Because um, I'd sort of seen it, you know, go past in my recommendations, never got around to watching it. Um, okay. But I was away, I was on holiday last week, um, which is in a nice little cabin next to a lake. And, you know, it was really nice and just sort of relaxing. Um, so I just kind of grabbed my iPad and went, oh, what shall I watch? And I thought, oh, that Hot Ones thing that John mentioned. And I've ended up watching like thirty episodes of this thing. Oh wow, <laughs> it's pretty. Um, it's pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I really like. I mean, they kind of say this, you know, the the guy who presents it says it in a few episodes, but like, just adding that extra thing to an interview makes it way more interesting. Because I'm not particularly interested in what sort of you know, quote unquote, celebrities are, are just answering questions, especially when they're just promoting you know new movies and books or whatever. Right. Um, but with that extra element, like essentially like seeing them suffer, um, you know, especially <laughs> some of them, like some of these people are really suffering. Um, so yeah, that was a really good recommendation. So I think you owe me about 20 hours of my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably do. You know, what I think is really interesting about it, I think about it in terms of, I don't know, as someone who tries to make stuff on the internet that people like to watch or read or whatever, is that the hook that's really interesting to me is that by making these people suffer, suffer through these hot wings, what you're doing is you're throwing them off a little bit. And so the interviews tend to be a little bit more interesting because they let their guard down a little bit because they're just dying from eating these hot wings. So it's, if, if you know... If you want to watch something interesting, that's a it's a good place to start. Yeah, it's kind of as you say. Like, obviously, at the end, you know, he does the bit that he kind of has to do because all of these are, just, you know, they're just press tours essentially. Right. Um, you know, but even the bit where he says, you know, tell people what you're doing, and like, uh, I think it was Aubrey Plaza, her one. Like, she's just in tears, and she's <laughs> like, "Oh, I don't know. I've got a movie coming out. Like, go see it." Like, and, and that kind of like, <laughs> right. you know, her. Her being a normal person as opposed to being, you know, she's this actress and she needs to promote her movie. Like, that's way more interesting to me. Right. I mean, people are, they lose all of that gloss and preparedness when uh, when faced with the hot wings. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, Rob, I want you to tell me a little bit about Apple Music because 
you have switched, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I've switched from Spotify to Apple Music. Um it's something I'd wanted to do for a while, like cuz the last time I tried Apple Music, I think was when it first came out. Um and it broke a whole bunch of my library. Um cuz it yeah. It was a bit of a mess when it first came out. It was, yeah. Um and then when Apple TV Plus launched, whenever that was like last week, um, and then there was this there was this article saying, oh, if you sign up for the student Apple Music, you get Apple TV Plus for free. And I was like, I couldn't see any confirmation of that on the UK website. And then I think it was like a day later, um, the, the Apple Student UK site sort of got updated and said, yeah, if you sign up for Apple Music, you get the TV Plus um, for free for £5 a month. Um, and of course, what you might be thinking is, Rob, hang on a minute, you're not a student. <laughs> you haven't been for a while now. No, so I graduated four years ago, I think. Um, but because I still have access to my student email, um, I can still, quote-unquote, verify myself um, as a student. So I'm now paying £5 a month. I get Apple Music. I get Apple TV+. Plus, um, and I can, again, quote-unquote, enjoy both of those services. I'm not sure enjoy is the right word. but <laughs> You know, I'm a student too, Rob. Oh, I'm sure you are. I've got sure. I've got a couple of student subscriptions. It it helps when your kids are students. I uh, all of my Creative Suite apps are are thanks to University of California Berkeley. Please, <laughs> please don't tell them it, it's running. It, it's it's running out in six months anyway when my son graduates, and then I'll have to piggyback on my my wife who works at a high school, so she can get it. She can get the whole thing for like ten dollars a month, which is which is better. Which is really good, but but free is even better, which is where I, I am today. Uh, let's see, what else do I, do I get anything else as a student? I think it's mainly Adobe that that's helping me out. Yeah, like I you know I wouldn't do this at like you know like where I get my haircut. They offer student like haircuts <laughs> and stuff. I'm not going to do that there, you know, because it's a small business. I'm not you know I'm not trying to like scam them out of a couple of quid. Right. Um, Apple can afford to give me this like it's fine i don't i don't feel any guilt or, or you know or i'm defrauding apple the biggest technology company in the world like i don't care uh, and for five pound a month that's a bargain yeah well for adobe they wouldn't give me the beta of photoshop so you know when it showed up like 12 hours before it was supposed to launch before the embargo lifted i fortunately had a student account so i downloaded it and had my own screenshots for the article that i wrote so yeah screw nice Screw you, Adobe. Sorry. So, um, I mean, you probably saw my tweet, actually, but so I decided, right, I'm going to use Apple Music. So I went on my phone. I went to the, the student page, however you get to that. I can't really remember. Um, I signed up. I also deleted all the music off of my phone and my computer. Um, <laughs> just, just to start from scratch, I thought it's way easier if I just start with an empty library and then I can add things in that aren't on Apple Music myself. Sure. Um, so I went through all that, started adding albums and, you know, a few playlists and I imported some stuff from Spotify. Um, all fine. I go to my Mac and I think, right, let's open up music app. Nothing. Really? I turn on Apple music, nothing happens. So I restart my computer. I go in Apple music right now. There's a spinner. I'm thinking, great, we're getting somewhere now. You know, it's spinning. It's doing (laughs) something. It says, it's thinking iCloud library. It's thinking on it. Right, I'm like this is you know this is progress. Like any change is progress, regardless of you know what's happening. Like that that was some progress. 
hour later, still spinning. Nothing. Sign out. Sign back in again. Nothing happens. And eventually, I went through this about three times, I think. And eventually, all my music just showed up. Uh, but that was not... Um, that wasn't an ideal first-run experience. No, that is not great. I have not experienced that only because I was not starting the way you were from basically from scratch. Um, I do kind of like music on Catalina. Oh, I mean, I know there are a lot of people. I've heard from a lot of people, Rob, a lot of people who really disagree with me. But I think music's cool. It doesn't have all the cruft of everything else. It's not perfect. It's still built on the on the frame of iTunes. And part of the problem with that is it does act weird a little while, a little bit now and then. Like if I leave my Mac for, you know, running and I walk away for overnight or whatever it happens to be. And I come back sometimes it just doesn't want to play anymore and I have to close it and open it and then it's fine. It's not perfect, but I do, I do kind of like it. Um, I just love, I guess the fact that it's not cluttered up with all of the cruft that we had in iTunes. And I know that cruft is, you know, we talked about this, the whole thing about people managing files versus managing um, a service. And I just like that it's, it's simple and it works well with the streaming service. So, you know, works for me, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it sounds like I'm complaining a lot to be honest at this point, like Apple's software first run experiences, especially this year, since iOS 13, you know, I, Whatever. It's, it's kind of a joke at this point. Right. But, you know, to what you just said, yeah, do you know what? I quite like the music app as well. And actually, compared to Spotify, just the the user interface of it with recommendations and, and stuff like that is, to me at least, is way better. Um, and, you know, it's kind of nice that they've got the friends thing, you know, which I went through and, like, followed a bunch of people. I should um, find you, know, you on there. I didn't know you were on there. Did you find me? I did. Oh, I did, I did find not you. Good, um, good to know. I mean, I... E even if you did get a notification, which will come to your phone, if you <laughs> click that, it either does nothing or hits a page that says there's been an error, try again. I don't know what that notification is supposed to do. There's a little bit of ping going on here because I did I did actually try to unfollow somebody recently. Don't Don't tell the person that I tried to unfollow them, but... It won't let me unfollow them, so I'm still following them. And yeah, it's it's a little it's a little wonky, but I do I do actually like the fact that I just follow a handful of people. And like it's no offense if I don't follow you because it's like I will only follow you if your music taste is something that I like. And if it's not, that's fine. It's just that I'm not gonna I don't want recommendations for a friend's playlist of music that I don't want to listen to. So I do follow you know, a dozen, maybe two dozen people, but that's about it. And I enjoy it. I mean, it's it's kind of a fun thing to do. I have some stuff up there myself, a few playlists. Um, you know, it's fairly fairly embarrassing, I suppose, to some people to let that all hang out. But I don't mind. And yeah, I mean, it doesn't bother. You know, I'm not I'm I'm not particularly cool. You know, I don't I don't know what new stuff is. I'm just listening to the same <laughs> stuff I was like 15 years ago. There you but that's are. Fine. I, I see you right there. Look at that. There you go. There's your playlist. Um, the Killers. Yeah. A little uh, got a little Killers. A little Britney. Oh yeah, I've got one playlist on there. That's it. You're the first um, person right I've followed in a while. So there we go. Mm. You know, and to what you said, you know, I followed a bunch of people. You know, sort of anyone I recognized really. You know, you Federico, uh, Kyle bunch of different people and as you say like 
in the next couple of weeks, I guess, I'll get a feel for like what different people are listening to and if that doesn't match up with what I want to listen to, then I'll just unfollow them. Like, it's fine. You know, it's not... To call it a social network would be a stretch. Like, it, it's mostly just... I just want to see what these people are listening to. Yeah, well, it doesn't It doesn't really come with all the same baggage because it's like... You have to really kind of go digging pretty hard to see even who follows you. I really have no idea. Or, you know, or... It's not like you're being constantly updated with people's recommendations or their tweets or whatever it happens to be. What you get is a friend's playlist every week. And it's like, oh, this is kind of terrible. And you look who is... <laughs> look who's making it terrible and you can decide to unfollow them if you want i suppose but uh yeah i i actually kind of like it um because once in a while there are a handful of people i will drill down into their profile and see exactly what they're looking what they're listening to recently because they have super good taste and it's a good way for me to discover new stuff so yeah i mean speaking of apple music stay tuned because federico has a crazy shortcut coming that he has previewed, I think, briefly on App Stories a couple a week or two ago, and it's, okay. it's amazing. And if you like, if you're using Apple Music and you like to discover new music and just control your music experience, MusicBot is going to be the thing for you. Nice. Okay, I'll uh, I'll keep an eye out for that. Should be um, soon, should be soon. Another week, maybe two weeks. Yeah, I mean, in terms of a comparison of like following people, because you. You can follow people on Spotify as well. Right. Um, that is a feature there. But one, there's no usernames. Like, oh, my really? username on No, because they had that weird thing, like, some people do have usernames, like people who signed up originally with Spotify. Right. And then they forced Facebook login for a while. Oh, yeah. So I have those... a username. I'm, I'm actually cool. I have John Voorhees. Right, see, I don't. I have a random <laughs> string of characters. Oh, no. Um, so, but even if you can find people, you know, I follow a bunch of, you know, my friends and stuff on there. Sure. And it's never once highlighted that. Um, it's never highlighted, like, what the people I'm following are listening to. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, the it's closest it gets, it has this family mix where it will show me a playlist of mine and Jess's music, you know, because we're in a family plan. Okay. Um, but... But that's it. Um, but you know, I'm I'm pretty happy with my choice, to be honest. For what I use it for, for the most part, it really doesn't matter which service I'm using. Um, but I am enjoying Apple Music a lot more because their their recommendations seem to be a lot better and seem to get rotated a lot more. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, it depends how you listen to music. You know, Spotify does a very good job algorithmically, way better than Apple, I think. But Apple. They have gotten really good with their editors. They have really good curators of music, and so they put together some really, some really good playlists. And I, I think it's a great. I mean, I I still think that for certain things like music, having humans involved is a good thing. I mean, there's still room for the algorithmic stuff, but I tend to find these playlists that I find on Apple Music better in general, and they've gotten. They've gotten better at doing it too. They've got this new thing that they just started called, uh, what is it? Today, it, it's this uh, new Zane Lowe show, and it is uh, New Music Daily. Now, <laughs> you're going to have to follow me here for a minute, Rob, because New Music Daily is a weekly radio show. All right. As indicated by the name, of New course. New Music Daily is <laughs> weekly. But here's the hook. 
the playlist, it's it's a it's a whole family of things, right? The playlist that's associated with it is updated daily. So New Music Daily is kind of a what's hot in music today playlist, and it really spans across all sorts of genres. So it can be hard to kind of get into only because there's going to be stuff in there you've never heard of and that you don't like. But it is pretty interesting. And now that they've got a radio show that's associated with it, that incorporates a bunch of, you know, interviews and other things. So if you want to learn about stuff around the music that you listen to, New Music Daily, which came out, I think, maybe 10 days ago I wrote about it. It's it's kind of a nice way to get into it. Cool. Okay. Well, I'll um yeah, I'll go find that um after we finish recording, and I might might give it a go. Um, I dad mentioned Apple TV here, but I think what might be better is if we save it for the next episode when yes. I've actually watched something on it because I haven't oh. watched anything yet. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I've been watching it, but you know, I also view it as kind of a uh, as a uh, a requirement of my job. On the but it, I have enjoyed some shows. I will before we'll talk about it next time, but I do recommend the morning show. Don't listen to TV critics. These shows, I, I've never been a TV critic person. I finally listened to TV critics leading up to the TV Plus thing because I was just interested in how Apple mm-hmm. is doing. And the reality is that it's all very subjective and it's all to your own taste. And just because a TV critic says that C sucks doesn't mean that you'll think it sucks. It's still maybe entertaining. And for instance, I really like The Morning Show. I think it's a great show. I have not looked at C yet. I've watched one episode of For All Mankind, and that's about it. And I'll be watching more on my plane ride to California. But uh, but yeah, let's let's watch a few shows and let's talk about them next time. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right. Well, uh, yeah, show notes in the usual place. Um, and yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Talk to you later.